something as well. Was it kind of double-edged for you? It was double-edged for me because this is what happened. At 4.30 a.m., it suddenly started getting really, really loud. Um, a, a volume that I had not experienced for several months. Um, the birds were out. And they were singing at the top of their lungs. You know, it's like, and you look at the clock and you have this moment of panic going, oh my gosh, is it like 7 a.m.? Am I late? It's like 4.30 in the morning and these birds won't shut up. Why is it that blessing has to be double-edged? <laughs> Guys, I sent out an email earlier this week. Many of you, I'm sure, have, have read it, but if not, I'll catch you up quickly. These stars have aligned for FOF. Do you ever have moments like this in your own life where pieces suddenly come into focus and into line and you realize that a convergence is happening before you and the opportunity for something is at hand? You know what I'm talking about? You have those moments? Okay. Okay, great. I want to share with you this morning an incredible opportunity that has come for Fellowship of Faith where I believe the time is at hand. And with it will come uh, the potential for just some incredible leaps forward. With it um, will also come um, uh, a call for commitment. Um, but the end result of this has the potential for tremendous impact, not just for us and not just for this church, but for what we're trying to do here. Again, apologize for some of the crypticness about this, but let me get into it right now. Now, here's what I want you to do this morning. What I'd like you to do Oh, by the way, I had someone come up to me and go, Dave, are you leaving? No, I'm not leaving, okay? So, yeah, oh, okay, if that was on the grid, that was not my intention, all right? Get that out of your mind. All right, now, now that we're back on track and that I've let tension go and have lost your attention for the rest of this message, um, what I'd like you to do is this. Uh, l look around at this church's multimedia system, okay? Speakers, instruments, projectors, lighting, the AV stuff that makes this place work. Now, as you do, I want to ask you a couple of questions as you're looking at it. How old is your computer at home? How old is your cell phone? How old is your TV? Okay? The equipment that you're looking at all around you is 10 to 14 years old. Imagine how that would work in your own home with your own multimedia electronic setup. Now, furthermore, of the first five years of the equipment that you're looking for, it was stored in a trailer. Outside, every winter, and every week it was hauled into and out of a gym. And imagine the kind of wear that your TV would get if every Sunday you were to pick it up, carry it outside, put it in your trunk, leave it out there all week, and then carry it back in. Okay, are you starting to, to, to uh, roll with me here a little bit? Not only that, much of what you see was bought as entry-level equipment. Um, it was meant to be temporary. Much of it is used. Let me go back to that last lyric slide just for a moment. How long do you think Mr. Fuzzy is going to last? <laughs> because that's as sharp as we can get this guy. <laughs> Right? You're with me. Now, let's talk about a couple of other things. You don't have to raise your hand on this, but own it if you want. 
Have you ever had trouble hearing Brian or Mark in their mic? Yeah, some are like way too eager on that one. Have you ever been here and seen a whole band that's like, you know, all I can hear is like the guitar or all I can hear is the keys, where's everything else? Have you ever been in here and you've gone, why is it so stinking loud? Have you ever just felt ear assault? As though there was just like noise bombarding you from every direction. You, 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 you know what I mean? All right. Now, third question. When is this stuff going to break? And as I, as I ask you that, I want to ask you a couple questions about your own home. When is your roof going to need to be replaced? Right? When is your sump pump going to need to be replaced? Because we all know it's not a question of if. It's a question of when. There are certainties in this world. Barring Christ's immediate return, I will die. Things will break. Are you with me? It is not a possibility. It is an inevitability that the very infrastructure that you see in this room, that much of which is currently held together by duct tape and glue, and I am only slightly exaggerating that, is coming to its life's end. If it was a farmer, the shotgun is already cocked and it would have been aimed to put poor Bessie down a long time ago. For FOF to move forward, we have to rethink our worship space. This stuff needs an absolute, complete overhaul. And here's the question. If it is an, if it is an inevitability, isn't it better to take an inevitability and turn it into an opportunity? If we have to replace it anyway, why just seek to kind of keep a status quo? Why not instead say, let's make it something great. Let's make it so it does its job. Let's make it so it has its impact and stays out of the way and has the, the effect of doing what this stuff is supposed to do. Are, are you with me? And, 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 and just so I'm clear, I'm not just talking audio here. What we hear is so vitally important, but it's also what we see, isn't it? How does it also affect video, but also lighting? Stage. I want to ask you a couple more questions here today. Think about this. What are your favorite worship services at Fellowship of Faith? Okay? You don't have to shout this one out loud, but just take a moment and think about those, those high point services that you look forward to in the year. I'm going to venture a guess based on what people have shared with me. Okay? You can just give me some nods if I'm starting to hit close to home. Christmas Eve candlelight. Good Friday. The Advent and Lent services that we do midweek. Now, I hate to do this with you this morning, but I have to just a little bit. I, I got to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit so you can see the wizard behind the veil. It, it, you know, if you're with my Wizard of Oz obtuse metaphor this morning. And, uh, and explain to you why that stuff works. The reason those services work is because you are getting a full sensory bombardment from the moment you walk in the door. 
From the moment you walk in the door, there are things that you are seeing and feeling and sensing, not just through what you hear, but through your eyes and through just the aura of the space around you. It even comes through your nose and what you feel at times. And I hate to demythologize that for you, but that's why it's work. If you don't believe me, uh, trust me, I could throw in the Lorena McKinnett CD right now and we can listen to it and see if you get in that Advent mood. It just doesn't work because of the space. And my question is, what would happen to our worship life here? What would it be like every Sunday if something that we experience at those high points of the year, in terms of those services that make that deep, meaningful impact, become the norm rather than the holiday? What would it be like to be able to come and worship in such a way where God is coming to you through every single sensory, tactile aspect of your being. Because, see, God has made you experiential beings. He's made you sensory. He's made you to feel and touch and taste and see, right? Is it any surprise that God communicates through these ways? And who are we trying to reach? You know, we, we say that we want to be a church that, that, that's about making disciples who's making disciples. I've got to tell you, I've had so many cool conversations with people who have come into our, our church for the very first time. Maybe I'm going to be speaking to you some of here today as well, and you can remember. It's easy to drive by FOF on the road, isn't it? It's the best kept secret in McHenry. I mean, did you see the stoplight going in? Okay, I pity you guys who have to commute, but yeehaw, because maybe people actually stop at that intersection and go, hey, there's a church there. <laughs> You see this building from the outside, you, set, you, you, get, you get an impression, don't you? But how many times have someone walked in for the first time and you walk into this room out there and suddenly there's like this, this family vitality, this energy, that there's color and people and music and food and, and the sense of just people wanting to be here. And have you ever had one of these conversations or maybe been there yourself where someone has come in and went, what kind of church is this? What is this about? I've never seen church like this before. And people that have all these misconceptions about what church is supposed to be, you see immediately certain walls starting to break down, right? What would it be like to then extend that to when they walk in here and we come to worship God at the core of our beings? A people who are engaged by the sights and the sounds of media today. The people for whom the status quo, what, what normalcy is, is the smartphone, the computer screen, the 60-inch high def. Are you with me? And I think about something else as well. Our love for God. You, you know, the scriptures say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? And, and a key component of that is worship. What worship is, is really fundamentally meant to be is the outpouring of our hearts towards God saying, you are great, you are awesome, worthy is the lamb who has been slain. And, and, and to come in that sense of gratitude and wonder and awe. And doesn't it just kill you uh, on those days when we come to do that and it's like a crackling mic, a sound you can't hear, something fading out, things getting in the way. 
Um, some of you may have uh, been to one of their shows, but you know Pink Floyd? All right. All right. Pink Floyd. They, uh, they had a tour, the Momentary Lapse of Reason tour. All right? Traveled nationwide. They spent, what was it, early 80s? I remember going to Triton College down in Melrose Park for their laser light shows. Weird. Flashback. Sorry. Didn't need to know. <laughs> they spent over a million dollars a show. Now, I want to introduce you to someone. It's their flying pig. <laughs> and every single show, they had a flying pig. They spent over a million dollars a show. They had to employ three people full time just to tend to the flying pig. <laughs> now, I am not advocating that we get a flying pig for FOF. <laughs> but you could convince me. <laughs> what I am advocating is this. Think about the time, the energy, the dedication, the sweat, the labor, and the sacrifice that it took them to put on this show. You want to know something else? They lost money on it. Every single show. And it wasn't because the tickets were cheap. They were outrageously expensive. It wasn't because they had seats to sell. They were packing out auditoriums. It's because they said this. In their terms, it's a loss leader. Because if we invest in this, and even though we lose money, people are going to see it, and people are going to remember it, and people are going to tell their friends. And if people are going to do that for a Pink Floyd show, how much more for the living God? See, I've always had this struggle that so many churches I've belonged to, church always feels like leftovers. The real investment of our time, the real investment of our energy and our priority is, of course, work, school, family. And these are noble things. But often in, in the process, what went unsaid was that church would just kind of play a second fiddle and that the quality that a boss would demand, the quality of what we'd expect for our family at home, it isn't quite as necessary because, you know, after all, God is gracious, God is forgiving, and it's not about that. But see, I've always wanted to be part of churches where, where church meant something. And not just in speech, but in action. And the way we approached it, and the way we invested, and the way we prioritized it, going, I want to show up, and I want this to be great. And not because I need someone to wow me. Because God is great. You ever see these guys? I think of the time and energy and sacrifice that's poured in for the end result of a few people painting their faces blue and making us feel happy. I want to be a part of a church where we say, God is even greater than that. And we're going to exemplify it in every single way. Now, we've known that this has been hanging by a thread for a long time. But the timing just wasn't right. But the past couple years at FOF, we've seen some incredible things. We've seen our church grow. We've seen our church wrap itself around an identity 
as it seeks to define itself and become more focused, more clear. We've seen unprecedented numbers of people coming to Christ, being baptized, growing in their faith, turning from sin. We've seen people just come openly and face struggles, going, I'm in the midst of this, but, but I know God is there. But the timing was never right. Because we're often living week to week, but these past couple of years, God has been bringing us a certain sense of prosperity here at Fellowship of Faith. And the timing has become right that if FOF wants to take a quantum leap and drive forward and creating the best worship experience possible and the greatest potential in impacting the people that we love, that we want to see reached, it's like the time, in my opinion, is now. So what I want to do is I want to get practical with you for a little bit, and I want to show you what this is going to practically mean. What it would mean to this room is four key areas. All right? Now the first is acoustic treatments. Well, that was unfortunate. <laughs> you just never know what's going to happen with our sound system here at Fellowship of Faith. All right. You know, we could come in, we could put in a $200,000 sound system, and it wouldn't do a bit of good until we change the acoustics of this room. Now, I don't know what it's going to do right now, but if you weren't in here today, we've tested this. We've had people come in. There is a four-second reverb in this room. Let me try something. Did you count it? Now, what happens when you add a drum? and two drums, and three drums, and four. Put a guitar on it, and three voices. Hey, and even get a little tambourine going. <laughs> it becomes an onslaught and a song. You know what it's a lot like? It, it, it's, it's a lot like this. My kids have come to love going to the vending machines and buying Super Bowls. You know what a Super Bowl is? Some of you received one this morning. Now, the point of a Super Bowl is that it likes to react off of a reflective surface, right? So now imagine what would happen if I was to throw this Super Bowl as hard as I could at that wall. What do you think is going to happen? Okay, let's find out. All right? Now, were you going to Super Bowl here today? I'd like you to take your Super Bowl out, please. Does anyone need one? All right, here we go. Here we go. Let's get some Super Bowls going around. Here we go. Anyone else? All right, here we go. Here we go. You got your Super Bowls out? Now, if you have a Super Bowl here this morning, I would like you to stand up. All right? Do you have it out? All right, now, what we are going to do is when you hear the song... All right? You need to find a solid surface in this room. Please, not a window. Please, well, no, no, maybe please actually do throw it at the multimedia equipment. It'll precipitate things. Um, shield your children's heads. And when you hear that song, I want you to throw it at a flat surface as hard as you possibly can. Shield the children. All right? Are you ready? Worship team, would you come forward to be our stage? 
Are you ready? Ben Merwin, on your cue. Thanks. That is what's happening to you every single Sunday that you come in this room because sound waves are super balls. They are. They find flat reflective surface surfaces and they bombard you. Did anyone get hit? Was that a pleasant experience? How much worse when sound assaults you, right? Now there is a solution to this. There is one thing we can do. And it's as simple as this. We take every single one of these walls and we dress it in shag. <laughs> Avocado green. <laughs> or <laughs> there's something else we can do as well. See, this problem FOF is having is not unique and we're not alone. And there's these things you can get, they're called acoustic treatments. These big fabric fiberglass panels that you put up and it, it absorbs sounds, it reflects it in different ways. If we ever wanted to get better in this room, we've got to put them up. No, we've already had the experts out. They've already done tests and speech pattern tests and everything else. We know exactly what we need. We know exactly where to put it. We know exactly what it costs. We know exactly what to do. And no, it won't be wall-to-wall -wall shag, but what it's going to mean is some of these big flat surfaces you see on these walls and those walls. On the arches you see up here, and yes, on the big guy in the front. That until we start doing stuff to change the sound, the pattern, the bounce, nothing's going to happen. So that's stage one of what we've got to do. Number two, I think it's self-explanatory, audio. We've got to upgrade our system. It's held together by, by duct tape and glue. Over the past couple of years, things have been breaking. You might realize that there's some new speakers in here, but these are portable systems. They were brought at a time when we said we can only invest this much. We just got to kind of keep it going. We know it's hanging by a thread. After that, what we know is this. We got to go to video because, again, Mr. Fuzzy ain't going to last too long. That projector right there went up in 2004. It's past its lifespan. That one, though newer to us, we got used. It's even older. But I want to I dare you to think of something else as well. Lighting and stage. You know what my favorite time of year here is at, Fel at Fellowship of Faith? It's December. <laughs> and it's not just because it's Christmas. It's because when you walk into this room, you see something. And it looks intentional. It draws you in, doesn't it? Even on a Sunday morning. Do you know what the most depressing day for me in the church calendar is? The first Sunday in January. You had that experience here? Those of you who have been around the block, you walk in and it just feels like so gross and empty and barren. I mean, you expect tumbleweed to blow across the stage. You know, some churches employ people to do creative set designs, but there's an easier way to do it. Lighting. We've got a big white wall. And if we can get the lighting in control in this room, spot things that we need to spot. Color pattern, the things that we need to pattern. Guys, it seems small, but it changes everything. I want to show you a couple of pictures. You guys know Fuse here, right? A couple of, 
Thank you, Ben. A couple years ago, they had a big retreat. It was called Insight. At the time Ben Denon was here, he was running it. He was good friends with a guy named Jordan who was a lighting guy. He would do lighting for like McDonald's and everyone else down at McCormick Place for their big, their big things. And he said, hey, can you come in and do lighting for us just for this retreat? He put up stuff like this. Those of you who were there know what it was about. And what it did to the space was incredible. Now we've talked to some people, and I want to show you just some things that we can do here at FOF across the spectrum. Simple things like scrim and positioned lighting to dress up the stage and to make it feel intentional. Or even something like that. And just so you don't think this is all rock show kind of stuff, here's some more traditional congregations. Or even something like that. It affects us. It affects how we feel. It affects how we come in. Shadows and mood and direction. Who wants to go to Blue Man Group with all the lights turned on? <laughs> Are you with me? All right. So, you ready for some price bombs? All right. I'm going to show you some numbers here. And uh, what is it going to take to do this? This stuff ain't cheap. All right. Do you see that projector? Went up in 2004. You want to guess? 12 grand. And it's not because we're overpaying. Okay. See this mic? 250 bucks. See that screen? It's a glorified aluminum can with some canvas. You know what it goes for? 1600. You see this cord? This one's extra long, so it's 100. The shorters are 50. This stuff isn't cheap. If you ever did a home entertainment system in your home, you know full well how this runs. I told you earlier, some of this has converged. Some of the times have, have lined up. We have some people on staff who know people in the industry that say we can get it to you at cost. Not retail or wholesale before they even sell to retail. Getting over half off. We, we see a certain amount of financial prosperity that's come to our church. And so, with all this being said, Coming from the cheapest man in the world, next to my father, we looked at it in two ways. The first way was this. Let's dream. Let's just price the dream. Let's put it out there so it looks great with high-def screens and full-light rigging and an audio system that's immaculate and clear to create the worship space that's suited for us in this room that would just kind of be Oh. Okay, you ready? <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. And then after that, we took another number. We said, if that's the dream, what's the door? What is the first quantum leap? to do the acoustic treatments, to do some bass lighting, to do some next-gen video, and to get an audio system replaced, and that's up to snuff. Maybe not of a dream, but good stuff. Maybe I could phrase it this way. Instead of getting Air Force equipment, we get equipment for Marines. It might not be the latest technological gadget, but it's going to land any beach and land forever. You with me? This is the number we came up with. Right there. Now, I don't know about you. When we started planning this, 
ages ago. The number I was hoping for was like 23 grand. <laughs> and when Chaffee shared these, these, these initial estimates with me, I've got to be honest with you, I kind of threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> we talked about it as a board. Elders, some key staff, we got together. And, and, you know, and this is some of the stuff we said. How do we approach this? What do we do? And it was so cool for me being a part of that meeting because there was this overwhelming sense of exuberance in the board going, this is tough, this is heavy, but we think this is the right thing to do. We think the payoff and the effect on us and who we try to reach and what we're trying to do here, it's worth going for the dream. We, we got this thing here with the leaders at FOF. Going, if we don't believe in it enough ourselves, we shouldn't bring it to you. So what we did at a recent meeting was we all got together in a room. It was about 13 of us, 13 family units represented. So what can we do? How do we lead the way? How do we like, make an initial show towards this dream and say, if we believe in it enough here, it's got to start here with us. And with some of the prosperity that God has brought to FOF, what's a reasonable amount of that that we can invest into this as well? Do you want to see what your elders and your board has already pledged? Do you know what that is? 44% of the way there. It is almost half of the way towards the entry mark and it's about a quarter of the way, a little shy, towards the dream. Wrap your head around this, guys. You know what that said to me? We can do this. Some of you may remember back in 2001, 2002, there was a fledgling group of people here that had started FOF that were meeting in a rat hole gym saying, we've got an opportunity because the time is right to get our own place. They brought in the capital campaign people and they told them, you know you're going to be lucky with this size church if you raise 300 grand. You know what they pledged? Nearly a million. And it was met. We can do this. Six years ago, after we built this place, you might remember that room out there. It was big and it was white and Sunday school was meeting in mosquito tents set up in the back. And we said, the time is right. We've got to get this up to spar. And we said, we're not going into debt. What we do is what, what we raise is what we'll do. And we put a number out there of 144 grand. And we exceeded it. And look what we get to walk into every Sunday. I look at those numbers and I go, they are big. They are scary. They're so big they feel theoretical, don't they? That they are out of reach. But I tell you, when I look at first steps already taken, the, the momentum already made, and I think of the history of this church, we can do this. I did a little number crunching for you just to kind of put it in perspective. Took out the leaders. And we looked at our average attendance on any Sunday, about 250. We subtracted the leaders out and said, what's left? It's about 220. All right? 220, trying to hit these numbers here, here's what it looks like. It would be 234 bucks per adult to hit 91K. Now, if you're married, you got to times it by two. But it doesn't count your kids. To hit the dream, 
631. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what that means. There's a tendency in churches, right? Money is a sensitive topic. And I've always hated these pledge campaigns in churches that would A, try to over-spiritualize them, B, try to get manipulative with them, C, kind of go, we've got to do this, and if you love God, you... No, 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 none of that, none of that. God simply has given us an opportunity. And the time is right, and if we want to grab it, let's grab it. Now, we've made a pledge. We're not going into one cent of debt on, the, one cent of debt on this. We will do what we raise. So we raise another grand. We're going to buy some cool mic cords. They're going to rock. We're going to praise God for that. We raise 10K. You might start to see a couple lights popping up. We raise 50. Audio. Look out. And whatever it is, what we'll do. You know, there are times in our lives where God calls us to sacrifice it all. Correct? This is not one of those times. We are not looking for some widow to put in her last two mites on this. What we are asking you to do is to sacrifice some of your prosperity for the next eight months. We're going to do an eight-month campaign. We're going to take pledges all through May, and whatever number that comes in, that's going to set the trajectory for what we start purchasing and planning and building in. And we're going to ask people to, to give money through the next calendar year, ending January 5th, 2014, if you want the tax benefit on the other side, for eight months. What does it look like for eight months to just sacrifice a bit of prosperity? At 234, it's about 30 bucks a month. It's barely a trip to Applebee's. Are you married? It's two trips to Applebee's. All right? But maybe it's something more. We don't want anyone mortgaging their house on this. We don't want anyone getting second jobs on this. We don't want anyone letting like, their kids not go to school on this. But we are asking you this. What would it look like to give up some prosperity? To sacrifice a couple restaurant things a, a, a month or maybe a week? What would it look like to cancel maybe a couple of weekend getaways this summer and pour it into a church that we love? And again, I want to speak to those of you who call FOF home. Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you're new to this church. I'm not talking to you. You're a guest. You're a guest, and it's a pleasure to have you here. This is something that we do who call FOF home as a way to honor God and worship together. And yes, create a great experience for you. But for those of you who call FOF home, I want to challenge you in this. It's your church, not your leaders, not mine. Yeah, it's God's church, I get it. But he entrusts it to you. Let's do this. And to whatever degree we collectively decide to invest ourselves, then praise God for it. Amen? So here's how it's going to work. Yeah. This next week, just consider your prosperity. We're not asking for anything today. I'm not looking for a pump you up and now get you to... No, no, no. Go home and pray about it. Go home about think about it. Go talk to your husband. Go talk to your wife, your significant other. And think about what it looks like with those numbers in mind to sacrifice some prosperity these next eight months. Then, all through the month of May, we're going to be taking pledges. 
just put it right on these cards. They'll be written out for you next week. And if you'd like to make a pledge, you just drop it in the bucket anytime through May. That's going to set the trajectory for what we choose to do come June 1. And you can do it any way you want. Oh, by the way, if you write a check, write Chapter 3 on it. All right? Just write in the memo, Chapter 3. Or if you stuff it in one of those envelopes here on the chair, just write Chapter 3. See, Chapter 1 was built in this place, and Chapter 2 is that room. It's the third chapter now. Multimedia. Worship space. Write it so we know where it's supposed to go. And however you want to do it is up to you. It's May 5th through January 5th. It's eight months. Divide it out and do the math. Maybe you just want to do it one time. You know, when this, uh, this church was initially built in 2004 and a million was raised, it was about four families who came together and contributed 750000 of that. God had blessed them. They believed in it that much. Maybe you're sitting here and God has blessed you tremendously and you're just like, I want to bless this project hard and kickstart it into the stratosphere. Go for it. Do it. Maybe God is calling you to it. Or maybe God's blessed you in a different way and it's something simply methodical. A little bit each week. A little bit each month. A combination of it all. I don't care. If it's generous, if it's from the heart, based out of love for God in the church. It might be 10 bucks for you and we'll praise God. It might be 10,000 for you and we'll praise God. That's between you and him. You with me? So that's what's before us, guys. It's daunting. It's big. But aren't there great steps in life often that way? We have got an opportunity before us to take an amazing step forward as a worshiping congregation. I'm excited about what God has in store. So a band watch coming up. And uh, 